0: Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I wanna thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's give it for Jesus one more time across this place. Man, we're excited you guys are here. So we've been in a soundtrack series over the past few weeks talking about how the the background music of our lives dictates uh, what we see in front of us. Kind of like the scene you just saw, different music makes the scene feel different. And that's literally what happens in our lives. The background, the thoughts, the soundtracks that play behind us can dictate the scene of our lives, what we've gone through and things like that. And so we've been in that series for a little while now. And uh, we're back in it today. Today we're talking about choosing the right soundtracks, which I know can be hard, right? And uh, as we kind of jump into that, last week we acknowledged this, I'm going to acknowledge it again this week, about how much our parents love to lie to us, <laughs> right? And so our parents, our parents lied to us about tons of things growing up, right? One of them uh, we talked about last week, the whole like, don't turn the light on in the car or else you'll get pulled over nonsense. Like at nighttime, like don't turn on the light, we're going get- no one's ever got pulled over, you bunch of liars. All right, so but in his, uh, one of the other ones that, like, uh, my parents used to tell me, at least, maybe you can sympathize with this, like, don't eat raw cookie dough, you're going to get sick. And it's like, that's such a lie, right? Because I've been eating raw cookie dough my whole life, all right? And I'm fine, all right? So, um, my knees regret it now that I'm 36 when I get out of bed in the morning. But other than that, like... But no, like, this idea that, so I, like, I, I don't even need an oven. Give me some raw cookie dough. I'm going in with a spoon. That's all, you know, whatever. Um, brownie batter, bring it on, right? And cake mix, I'll eat that. You know, like, if someone's making a cake and they're using a spoon or a mixer, right, and they got the little whisk thing and they go to wash that, I'm like, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, bring that over here, right? That's good stuff, <laughs> don't, don't waste that right? Uh, And so I would come home sometimes, my sister would have like made cupcakes or something. And I'm like, yo, where's the spoon at? You know? And she's like, we washed it. And I'm like, you finna catch these hands. (laughs) They're ready to eat for everyone. All right. So, but I say all that to say is, but here's the thing about cake batter. You may like, you may would eat cake batter raw, right? But here's what you probably wouldn't do. I doubt you would just eat eggs raw. That sounds disgusting, right? What about other cake ingredients? Would you just take a spoonful of flour and no, you're not going to do that, right? Would you just take a hit of cinnamon? All right? Wait, no, um, let me rephrase that. Because uh, some of y'all never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Some of y'all some of y'all came from it. I know what y'all did, all right, so but nonetheless, uh, so you wouldn't necessarily do all that. Would you just eat some icing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to see who I was going to get. Like, no, wait. Yes, yes, I would. Right? Give me some Teddy Grahams. That's bulk Dunkaroos right there. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You see, some of these kids don't know about Dunkaroos. Y'all know, is it this crowd over here? I heard y'all. Y'all know what? (laughs) Yeah, that's real right there. Anyways, sorry. They discontinued them and brought them back. I was so excited. That has nothing to do with this message. I just felt like I needed to get that off my chest. Anyways, all right. But the reality is, there's a lot of undesirable ingredients in cake batter, that individually you're not gonna eat, but when you put them together, it's like, Whoa. <laughs> I might I might give that a shot, right? Give me that mixer handle or whatever we talked about, right? Like, it's that type of thing. And I think our lives are very similar in that there are a number of things in our life that we've gone through that when we look at them individually, they are very undesirable things you've gone through pain, you've gone through circumstances, you've gone through situations, you've gone through whole seasons of your life that weren't a day or a moment. Some of them lasted months or maybe even years. And you look at these individual seasons, you're like, man, I didn't want to go through that. Or if I could, if me and God could have done it over with, I would have some suggestions. Anybody else? Suggestions for the Lord, right? And that's what we're looking at God like, why would I go through that? And, And here's what I believe some of us are tempted to do. And this is what I want to talk to you about today. I believe some of us are tempted to look at very small or particular seasons of our life, and we've allowed them to kind of cast a shadow and build a soundtrack over all of our life. We've let small moments or maybe even long seasons, but they were just bits of our life become the way we look at all of our life. And so I'll only ever be blank because I was blank for one year or because I had this situation happen to me. And today I want to talk to you about what it looks like to start choosing the right soundtracks and how we can do that. David Groggins has a uh, has a quote. He says this, the most important conversations you'll ever have are the ones you have with yourself. You wake up with them. You walk around with them. You go to bed with them and eventually you learn to act on them, whether good or bad. I think that's so true. In 2 Corinthians 10, Paul is writing, and he says this. He says, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. In other words, not knives and guns or any of those things. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. In other words, they're more in your mind, in your heart, and in your spirit than they are in your hands. And he says this. We destroy arguments and ev- all arrogance that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And anything, anything that goes against what God says. And we take every, what? thought captive. And what do we do? We make it obedient to Christ. In other words, what God wants from us and what Paul is pointing out to us as he writes this passage uh, in 2 Corinthians is that something has to start happening here before it starts happening here. And if it can happen here and it can happen here, then it can start changing the way that we live. But if we never change our thoughts, we'll never change our actions, which is why you know someone that has really good intentions, but really bad follow through. Because if you don't change this, you'll never change this, right? And in the Bible, there's a story of David. And David goes through this exact thing. That's what I want to talk to you about for the next few minutes today. Because as we look at the story of David, we kind of see the same thing happening. Now, to catch you up on the story, because we're going to jump in the middle of it, right? There's a king. His name is Saul. And his reign is coming to an end. And so God sends Samuel, the prophet of that time. He's like, you need to go find the new king and anoint him. In the Old Testament, in that, in that time of the Bible, they would anoint a king by pouring oil over him and praying for him. That's how God selected a person. So Saul is, is getting ready to end his reign. So he says, I want you to go to Jesse's house, and one of his sons is going to be anointed as king. And so Samuel goes, and he's looking, right? And as he's looking at the sons, he all the sons go before him, And God says, it's none of these because Samuel is looking at the tallest or the most handsome or the most fit, right? And so Samuel has in his mind what he thinks it's going to be, but God says, that's not who it's going to be. I got someone else picked out. And as that happens, it brings me to the first thing that I think we all need to understand as we look at what David is going to go through and we look at our lives, there's a few things I want you to understand about choosing the right soundtracks. And the first thing is this, with God, you're not rejected, you're selected, With God, you're not rejected, you're selected. Because here's the reality. I think for many of us, we think that what we've gone through in the seasons of our life have caused us to be at a place where God is just rejecting us. And listen to me, can I just tell you this? Just because people rejected you does not mean God did. And I'll even say it this way. Just because God's people rejected you doesn't mean God did. I think for a lot of us, the rejection came from the people we needed, it, we needed to embrace us, sometimes even in church world. And I'm going to tell you that just because those people did that doesn't mean that's what God wanted for you. And so the reality is this, with God, you're not rejected, you're selected. And I think for many of us, we have to embrace this idea that just because we're stepping into a season where God wants to do something great in our life doesn't mean we're ready for it just yet. I remember a story of a teacher. She was talking to her students uh, uh, and she was talking about uh, this idea of growth. And she said, how do you, how do you make a carrot grow larger? And I'm listening to the story. I'm like, listen, I don't even like vegetables. You know what I'm talking? I don't care. Nothing about this. All right. So they were like, how do you make a carrot grow larger? And so all the kids were given different answers, like philosophical. Well, you know, the hormones and you can inject them or whatever. And that's definitely not a sermon for today. All right. But uh, you, know, you, can, you can do this. And finally, she said, no, 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 no. All you do to make a carrot grow larger is leave it in the ground. And so all the, all the kids sat back and were like, hmm, yeah. You know, because here's the reality sometimes you're not ready to be used just yet. And I think for many of us, we have a desire, kind of God gives us a revelation. All right, we're selected, God, use my life. And so we're ready for now. And God says, you're not ready for now. If I gave you what I want to give you now, it would destroy you. So I'm gonna leave you hidden for just a little while. But listen, me leaving you hidden isn't so that no one can see you. It's because true development doesn't happen in the spotlight, it happens in the dark. True development doesn't happen in front of the eyes of people. It happens in the quiet isolation because sometimes you got to isolate if you want to elevate. And so so there's certain people that can't go with you where God wants to take you. And so God's got to remove some things and some people from your life sometimes. Sometimes isolation isn't just so that you're hidden. It's because you need to be developed. And that's why for many of you, hear me, you thought you were being forgotten. You were actually being preserved. You thought you were being forgotten, you were actually being, pre- God was preserving you because if he let you have what he wanted to do in your life, it would have jacked you up and you would have jacked it up. Come on, anybody? Anybody got a relationship, you begged God to let him work? You're like, Come on, God, let it work for this person. And then five years later, you're like, praise God, that didn't work out. <laughs> we all got an X. we're like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? Why? You weren't being forgotten, you were being preserved. And God has a desire to do something in your life. And we look at 1 Samuel 16, we see the story of David, and he goes through the same thing, right? And so for the record, God sends Samuel to the house to anoint for the king. So Jesse brings all of his sons in front of Samuel, brings the fittest, the tallest, the best looking, right? All the sons. And then so Samuel asked Jesse, let's go to the pastor. So Samuel asked Jesse, are, all these, are these all the sons you have? No, there is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him and we will not sit down until he arrives. Now, listen, I got a problem with this. Because David was so neglected, so forgot. Jesse didn't even bother bringing him in when he brought in his brothers. I don't know about y'all. I'd have beef. Anybody else? Right? Think, think Put yourself in, in David's shoes for a second. You walk in the room. And there are all the brothers that already had first choice. And you're going, man, I'm just the end of the list now. And David walks in. So he sent for him and had him brought in. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. I love that part. Cause I'd have been selling out, yo. Like I'd have been <laughs> you ain't seen petty until this happened to me. <laughs> I love I love the Bible leaves details like that. In the presence of his brothers, I'd have been <laughs> boy. We could show anyway, sorry. In the presence of his brothers, and from that day on the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And so David is now in this place where he's been anointed as king. He's going to be the next king. Like, he's getting ready. Like, he, 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 man, things are looking up for him. And here's the frustrating part. You know what they told him? Go back to the fields. Go back to the fields. I don't know about you. I'd have a problem with that. If someone told me I was going to be king and then they're like, go back to the sheep. I'd be like, you going to the sheep. But they they sent him back to the sheep because sometimes elevation requires isolation. David hadn't learned everything he needed to learn. The moment of anointing wasn't the it wasn't the moment of change. Matter of fact, I say like this: the moment of clarity is rarely the moment of change. Just because now you know doesn't mean you're ready. It just means you know. And for many of us, God is speaking something to you right now. For some of you, this is your first time sitting in here and God's already speaking something to your heart. And listen, things are going to change in your life when you start to surrender to God. But hear me, just because it's the moment of clarity doesn't mean everybody else is going to see it as your moment of change. And so we got to pick who we're around and and who we're living with. And I'm not talking about cutting people off completely. None of those things. I'm just talking about, we got to start being aware of the life God wants us to live versus the life that we've already been living because that's the reality, right? But here's the deal. Because if once you start going there, you you have this clarity, this moment of selection, man, God's doing something great in my life. But then we get sent back to the field and we start feeling like maybe God's not doing that. And fear starts to set in, man, my life's always going to be like this. And listen to me, the right soundtrack will always require you to make the right choice between faith and fear having the right thought pattern is going to require you to make the right choice between faith and fear which brings me to my next thing that we have to understand and that's that don't confuse being tested with being neglected don't confuse being tested with being neglected when we look at David so David gets sent back to the field and he's serving in the field. He's just watching the sheep. He's doing his thing. He's, he's, he's serving there. And a, and a giant comes to destroy the army of Israel. And he's defying God. He's cursing God from his mouth. And so David goes to defeat his brothers that are on the front lines of the army. He hears the giant cursing God. And he's like, someone needs to shut this guy up. That's the BLV. That's a Brad Livingston version. It's a little different in the Bible. But anyway, so he's like, someone needs to hush the mouth of this giant, right? Nine feet tall, massive, giant. Like, and so he's like, someone needs to do something about this. So he goes before Saul, who's still king at this moment. He's like, someone needs to do something about this. He says, I'm going to go fight him. And Saul's like, brother, you're in seventh grade or what? I don't really know how old he is. He's, he's, he's small, though, like giant little guy. All right. And so... And that's where we pick up in 1 Samuel 17, 36 through 37. And David looks at Saul and this is what he says. He says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And so while he was tending the sheep, a lion came and tried to take one of the sheep and David killed him with his bare hands. And then a bear came and tried to take one of the sheep and David killed him with his bare hands. And so he looks at him and he says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And what David is declaring is this, and this is what some of us have to grab a hold of. David's saying, it's not that I'm so strong that I killed the lion and the bear. It's that God was with me when the lion and the bear showed up. And so because God was with me when the lion and the bear showed up, I can trust that God's gonna be with me in front of this giant. And so it's not that I'm great, it's that there's something else inside of me that's great. And hear me, I think for many of us, the lions and the bears of our life are the situations and the circumstances we don't wanna go through. It's when that doctor's report shows up or when that final financial situation shows up or when we lose our job or our kids have lost their mind or our marriage is in trouble, right? It's these painful circumstances that look like they could destroy us. And if you're anything like me, this is what you do. Rather than watching God come through against the lion, we just start complaining that the lion's even there. God, if you really loved me, you wouldn't have let this lion show up. God say, no, 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 I'm going to let the lion show up, and it's going to show you that when you reach your maximum and you can't defeat them, I'll defeat them for you. So it's not that you're not going to go through it, it's that when you go through it, I'm going to show you that you're not alone, and whenever I help you defeat that thing that you're going through, you're going to stand strong and the whole world's going to know that there's something different in you that is inside of them. And when you say, it's just God, man, God helped me get through this, they're going to look at it and go, man, what kind of God is that? and that's exactly what David said. David wasn't saying, I killed the lion and I killed the bear. He said, God was with me with the lion, he was with me when the bear, and this giant's gonna be no different. Amen. And hear me, we gotta we gotta change the soundtrack of our life because we get in that place and we have to realize, man, God's gonna come through for us. Rather than complaining about where we're at, what if we started trusting God in the middle of it? And that's what God wants for us. But hear me, here's the thing we gotta understand. Don't confuse being tried with being tested. Because you you 'll be tried, I tell people all the time when uh, you know try try Jesus, but don't try me okay <laughs> I'm anyways but don't, don't confuse being tried with being tested because when you're being tried, that's the enemy coming against you. He's trying to leverage things against you. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to come into your life. He's trying to show up. He's trying to bring you down. He's trying to make sure that you lose faith in God. He's trying to be. Listen, when you're being tested, you're being strengthened. And don't confuse being tried when the enemy is trying to destroy you and being tested when God's trying to make you better. And in Zechariah 13, 9, there's a passage that talks about being brought out like gold through the fire. And I want to read it to you. He says, I will put them through the fire and I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them and I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is our God. And there's this story of a woman who went to a Bible study. She goes to the Bible study and they read this passage and they're like, man, what does it mean to be refined like silver? And so they, she goes and she actually finds a silversmith in her town. And She goes to the silversmith. And she says, you know, what, what's the process of refining silver? What is it, what does that even look like? And so he starts telling her, he's like, we take the silver and we put it into the bowl and we heat it up to a gajillion degrees or whatever. We heat it up. We melt it all the way down. And he said, as we melt it down, the purest silver settles at the bottom. But the impurities come to the top. He said, then we take a a steel spatula and we scrape the impurities off the top. And we take that silver, we pour it into a mold and it hardens. And now you have the strongest, purest, most valuable silver you could ever have. And she was like, wow. And she's like, thank you. And she runs out the door. She's like, I got to go tell my Bible study ladies this. You know what I mean? I'm picturing like a granny Ezel just running out the door. Anyway, so she, she runs out the door. She goes to get in her car and the silversmith comes running out the door to her. And she's like, he's like hey, uh, ma'am, you, you, you left out the ending. Do you want to know how it ends? And she's like, no, nah, I'm good. He's like, no, no, no. You need to know how it ends. You need to know how we know that the silver is ready. And she said, well, How do you know that the silver's ready and that it's at its purest form? He said, When the one that's refining it can see his reflection in it. And hear me. The process of God refining us isn't that you're not gonna go through the fire, it's realizing what the fire is trying to do to our life when we go through it. It's that God is trying to get us to the place where He t- like the, the purest form of us settles and all those things in our life, those impurities, those things that we shouldn't be doing or the things that we shouldn't have in our life or whatever, they start to rise to the top and hear me, God's gonna come in and he's gonna, he wants to remove those things from our life. And sometimes, how many of you guys know that's a painful process? But how God knows that we're at our strongest And most valuable state, listen to me, is when he can see his reflection in us. And that's what God is aiming to do in our lives as he makes us who he wants to make us. That's why Job 23, 8 through 10, if you know the story of Job, Job lost everything. His kids died. He lost all his cattle. He was wealthy. He lost all his wealth. His wife told him, curse God and die. He said, I'm not going to do that. And so This is where we see, and Job's at his lowest point, but this is what he says. If I go to the east, he's not there. If I go to the west, I don't find him. When he's at work in the north, I don't see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. In other words, I can't find him anywhere. But this is what he says, but he knows the way that I take. Have you ever been searching for God and felt like you couldn't find him? What Job is saying is, everywhere I look, I don't see God, but the good thing is God still sees me. It says, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has, say that word, tested me, I'll come forth as gold. Like when, when he's done everything, listen, I'm gonna come forth as gold. Why? <clears throat> I'm not being tried right now. I'm just being tested. And I'm gonna watch God deliver me through this fire, through this hardship. Because here's the next thing we need to understand. You're not a victim, you're victorious. You're not a victim, you're victorious. What you've gone through doesn't define you. You're victorious because God has moved in your life. And that's what we pick up in 1 Samuel 17, 48 through 51. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him. Talking about David. We're going back to the story of David. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. My man took out a giant with a slingshot. That's so gangster. I don't care what y'all say. That's, That's wild. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. And in the next passage, then David goes, takes the giant's sword and cuts off the giant's head. And then holds it up for the army to see. Gangster. But seriously... David does all this. Why? It wasn't that David was great. Listen to me. It's because God was with him. It's not that David had all this might. It's because God was doing something. Listen to me. It's when you persevere, when you make it through, it's not going to be because you did this or you were just super powerful. Listen, because God is doing something in your life, he's going to lead you through everything that you're going through. Like God is going to take your hand. He's going to walk you through it. Right. And that's why 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God. God. Why? Because he gives us the what? Victory. Through not our might, not our power, not our strength. Through what? Jesus. What Jesus did on the cross when he defeated Satan gives us victory when our faith is in him. He defeated the lion, defeated the bear, defeated the giant. But it was all through the power of God. And listen to me, some of us, we're trying to make it through life, not realizing that it's going to be the power of God that you make it. It's going to be the power of God that takes you there. And we got a story, of one of our boys, Josh, and it talks about some of the things he's gone through, very similar. Not to David, he's not killing giants or nothing, but, uh, but just in life as he's gone, navigated some very similar things to what we're talking about. And we want to show you a story. Go ahead, guys.
1: My name is Josh Servo. So I I grew up kind of in a family where my dad grew up Catholic um, and was forced to go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. Um, And then by the time that he had us, he kind of fell away from the church. Um, So we knew about God, but we'd only go maybe on Christmas. I probably went to church five times throughout my childhood, maybe. Joined the military, left for a while, fell very far away from God, um, kind of fell into a not great relationship. Got married, had some kids um, with said person, and grew even further away from God. Making the decision really to come out of um, basically a, a very mentally and uh, financially abusive relationship, where she kind of held all the strings, and and then she was cheating on me quite a bit. One of the people that my ex cheated on me with was one of my best friends in Italy, and so that also. Jacked me up a little bit mentally on who I can and can't trust. Like, it's, I don't know, there's something different about it when, like, it's not just your spouse who you're supposed to love and trust the most, but then also, like, your best friend. Finally, hit that point where I decided to stand up for myself and not come back around. Um, and it was a hard decision because we had spent three years over in Italy where she was progressing her career and I was taking care of the kids, thinking that we were a team. I think that's something that I still really struggle with is the rejection um, and feeling inadequate, not just from the divorce aspect of it, but from her cheating and feeling like even when she had me, that I wasn't enough. And then I found a local church that was good for the season. Um, That's where I met my boy, Jake, but it still didn't feel like home. It didn't feel like a place where I could really Uh, be myself, it felt like I had to kind of hide behind that mask that PB talks about. I I saw that Jake, I think he came here two or three weeks before me and he started posting some of the stuff. So I reached out to him, asked him what church he was going to, and then I came here. I'd probably say during 21 days of prayer, um, the very first time I went through it, so almost a year ago, that was the first time that one I'd ever prayed that long before. The whole showing up and praying for an hour straight was something I was not comfortable with, um, but feeling, feeling God's presence that entire time, the amount of times that I broke down crying during that and felt him just talking to me and leading me, um, that was in a really rough time in my life where I needed that. This church is amazing as it is, and the Sundays are great, but I don't believe that's what makes this church great. I don't believe that the Sunday mornings are the thing that makes us who we are. Besides the culture, I think it's about the groups. It's about getting to know the guys or girls who you're in groups with and getting to know them on a more intimate basis get to know their life story a little bit i've made some amazing bonds here from pb to jake joe glenn all those guys that have been in my men's group they're what helped me get through stuff and i do the same for them uh, joe jake and i are calling each other on a weekly basis checking in just haven't heard from you in since sunday and we'll just call each other Uh, whenever I've been going through some stuff, see myself, yeah, more secure in who I am in God, and then also more secure in the relationships that I have with people and people I can actually trust. I can look back now and see that no matter what, and no matter how far I was trying to run away from him, he was always chasing after me.
0: It's an amazing word, man, and and uh, that's what I think. You know, God God's desire is that you would know Him. Like the, you know, your perseverance and what God, God's hope for you is that you would that everything that you've gone through in your life, everything that you've been through, that you would you would actually go to God, not it would be the reason you run from Him, right? And, and and here's the thing, man. I think all of all of us are invested in our lives, right? I mean, we're all we you know we have a job, we have careers, we have you know school, educate, whatever. We're, we're pretty invested in our lives, but here's what I should understand, how invested we are in our temporary lives, it doesn't even compare to how much God has invested in our eternal lives. I'm gonna say it again, how invested we are in our temporary lives doesn't even compare to how invested God is in our eternal lives. Like God has gone to great lengths that you could know him. Great lengths that you could understand him, great lengths that you could meet him and Jesus says this in John 14, 6. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I say it like this. Heaven's not for good people. It's for God's people. And I think a lot of times we're like, man, good people are going to go to heaven. No, listen to me. And I mean this with all the love in my heart. Good people aren't going to heaven. God's people are going to heaven. I'm inviting you. So let what I believe God is already doing in your heart right now. For those of you that may be far from God, maybe you don't know him. Maybe he's doing something right now. I want to I invite you to embrace this because this could be a life-changing, defining moment for you where you go from trying to be a good person to understanding that you can just be one of God's people. That's why John 10.10, Jesus is talking again and he says, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. It's the enemy that wants to take you out. But I've come that you would have life and have it to the full. And God desires that for your life. And so I was talking earlier about the cake batter. Y'all remember that? And the, uh, the icing. Praise God. <laughs> One of the greatest things they ever did to cake was make more layers out of the same cake, more, more icing in between. I think that's a genius Praise him. I felt God right in that moment right there. (laughs) Here's the here's the reality. You probably wouldn't want to eat raw eggs, spoonful of flour, we're gonna leave that cinnamon thing alone again. Maybe the icing thing, if you got some Teddy Grahams, you wouldn't want to eat all these raw ingredients. But listen to me, here's the reality. All those things mixed together make something great. And you didn't want to go through that season of your life that almost destroyed you. You didn't want to go through that painful situation. Some of them we decided. Let's face it. Some of the, some of the things we went through is our fault. We made some bad decisions. But there are some things where we're looking at God going, why did you let me go through that? I didn't ask for it. I didn't even, no, I didn't cause it. But listen to me. Those undesirable ingredients of your life make the whole thing come together and listen to me, you're here right now because God worked all of that together for your good. And here's my favorite part. If you take all those ingredients and you mix them together and if you'll let them go through the fire, now it's not just batter, it's a whole cake. Now what was once undesirable is now purposeful. And if you'll let God Use your life and do what he wants to do in your life. I promise you'll come out on the other side. And listen, you won't, just, you won't just be enjoyable. You'll have purpose. And that's what God wants for your life. Have it to the full, Jesus said. So how do you do this? How do you walk out here tomorrow and like, all right, God, I, I want this. Well, first of all, it takes surrender. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But I want to encourage you, choose to see, speak and live your life the way God wants you to. Choose to see, speak, and live your life the way God wants you to, with surrender. Saying, all right, God, you can have my life. All right, God, I'm I'm gonna live a life going after you. And you may say, God, I don't even know if God wants me. I, I have something in my pocket here. Let me take it out. Anybody need twenty dollars? Can anybody use twenty bucks right now? Anybody? Come on! Anybody just anybody use anybody anybody use a twenty right now? Come, just four people. So only four people want a twenty. <laughs> only four people want a twenty. There's an adult back there somewhere. Who? Who? He, yeah, you. Back, very back. Very. I see your hand. I see your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on! Run! 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 Come up here! Go! 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 Hurry! With haste! With haste! Put your hands together for. Her. Now here's the deal. I have a question for you. Everybody's like, "Oh!" <laughs> I have a question for you. What's your name? Nevea. Nevea. Uh You want this? Now let me ask you a question. Let me crumble it up for you. All right. Do you still want it? Why? Why? Okay. What if I? This stage is unfinished, by the way. What if I? What if I stepped on it and kind of rubbed it in this dirt a little bit? Now do you want it? Why? Why? Oh man, it's still worth something. All right, what if I let me rub it on these jeans? You don't, you don't know when the last time these got washed, honey. You need to. All right, let me rub it on the bottom of my shoe here. All right, you still want it? What if I tore the edges a little bit? It's been through some stuff. Why? You still want it? Why? So what you're telling me is, what it's gone through doesn't decrease its value. Some of you have been walking around making yourself a penny when God sees you as a $100 bill. What you've been through doesn't dictate your value. God God knew what he was buying when he paid your price. And there's not a decision you've made that he didn't already know you were going to make when he went to the cross for you. So the only reason that you see a penny in the mirror is because that's what the enemy wants you to see. But when God looks at you, he sees his child that's worth every single thing he paid for. And so let's start living a life that reflects that. I put it like this as we end, how much of an impact could we make on the world around us if we started seeing ourselves as valuable as God does? We could really change the world because God doesn't want to just do something to us. He wants to do something through us. It's for us so that now God can use us to touch others. How about you start letting your story be the thing that brings God glory? And as you do it, you can start changing the soundtrack of your mind when it becomes all about him. Amen? Let me pray for you today. Father, we thank you. We're so grateful for your grace and your mercy that came after us when we weren't even looking for you. You're so good. God, for those that are in the room that have a hard time through different seasons of life, they've had a hard time saying that you're good because they, the pain is just too real. God, I pray that you show us that our pain does not dictate how good you are. The fact that we came out the other side, is, it shows how good you are. But God, so lift our hearts today and help us see that you're good and you're God. We can put our minds on you. You can change the way we think and how we live. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you say, Brad, I I do need to change the way I think, that's that's true. But if I were honest, it needs to start with, I see now I need to, I don't just need to change the way I think, I, I need to change the way I live. Well, the good news of the gospel, my friend is this, not about changing how you live. It's about surrendering to God. It's not about behavior modification. It's about salvation. You don't need to be different. You need to be brand new. And when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, he paid for our sins. And today you can be close to God, not by how hard you work, But strictly by saying, Jesus, I believe that when you died on the cross, you paid for my sins. And today I can be brand new because of what you've done. And the Bible says, once we make that faith step, we believe that, then we repent. We turn away from our old life and we we say, God, I'm going to live a life going after you. It's that simple. Heaven is now our trajectory. And God is now our Savior. And today, if that's you, if you're ready to make that step, God's doing something in your heart right now. You can feel it. And you're ready to surrender to that. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And the whole church will pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. So let's church, let's pray, church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive you my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. And I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Cece, let's go to for all those that prayed that today. Celebrate with you. It's awesome. It's awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.